You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. This is Rabbi Levi Avzan live here in the High FM studios. DJ on the controls. Um, sorry about last week. Wasn't feeling too great. Wasn't able to make it. But it's good to be back here in the final run before the holidays. Oh, that will be a nice break. Please, God. Huh? It'll be nice. Oh, relaxing. So much going on. Beautiful weather today in Johannesburg. You could, as always, be part of our conversation by SMSing 34519, email on air at com, And you can WhatsApp 061-895-1019 here at Chai FM. And today we're going to explore a few topics. Topics of exercise, but not the typical exercise. I'm not much of a exercise guru. But how about exercise of the heart, the mind, spirituality, forgiveness, love? Oh, gosh, we're getting too heavy. We have to have some music over here. DJ, please, emergency. Otherwise, literally, people are going to say, whoa, 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 you just started 30 seconds ago. Take it easy. So we have some nice, relaxing music from Shalhevis Orchestra. It's a beautiful song, Tfilala Ani. The Pauper's Prayer, here on 101.9 Chai FM. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, it is an incredible opportunity, as always, to be here, the Chai FM studio. And what are we going to talk about today? DJ, we're going to talk about gym. See, I didn't exactly grow up in a very gym-oriented society, um... For my sins, and one of the things moving to South Africa seven, eight years back was it's a very health conscious country, which is incredible, and kudos to that. But often we focus on exercise of one part of our body, and that is our physical, our physique. Bigger muscles, straighter back, six pack, whatever it is that people are looking for. And a successful workout over an extended amount of time makes you fit, and not only fit, often strong. But that's just one part of who we are. How about our hearts? Now, I'm not talking about the physicality of the heart. So you could have a strong heart, a weak heart. Some of us genetically have stronger hearts. Some of us genetically have weaker hearts. Some of us have to take medication. Some of us, thank God, our hearts beat beautifully. I'm talking about the emotions of the heart. So, for example, if you're naturally weak in jealousy, you really have a lot of jealousy in you. Every time you see somebody else's car that's nicer than yours, you feel jealous. Every time you see uh, somebody's life that seems to be playing out so much better than yours, you're jealous. Do you exercise? Do you tell yourself, gosh, Ooh, that's sore, that's sore, that's sore, that's sore. But you know what? I'm going to fight it. All right? Push some iron. Push yourself. I'm not going to resent you for your life. That was hard. Uh, I didn't do too well. So let me try again the next day. And next time I'm going out and I see somebody's life that's so much better to me, better than mine, I exercise myself. Again. 
I will not feel. Today we talk a lot about embracing your feelings. If you're sad, feel the sadness. If you're jealous, feel the jealousy. And absolutely, if you don't feel the feeling, then you're just going to stifle it. However, how long do you feel the feeling for? Do you allow the feeling to absolutely consume you? Or do you then battle with yourself in your head and in your heart to be bigger next time? How often do we find ourselves or others adults and yet our hearts have never been to gym? We've never exercised ourselves. We still are as petty as a bunch of six-year-olds in a playground. You know, we often laugh, you know, children come with their childish issues and we laugh about it, obviously not to them. To them, you take it very seriously. Well, you're like, okay, you know, he said that and she said that and blah, 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 blah. And yes, it's childish issues. But how often are our issues childish issues? He said that to me, boo. He took away my toy. Okay, he took away my job. He took away my this. He took away my that. He, he made my life difficult, etc. As they say, small kids, small problems. Big kids, big problems. And we often get so immature, for lack of a better word, in how we deal with one another. Without saying one second, I'm an adult. I've been through a lot in my life. I should deal with this better. I should not have the same reactions as a child. Whether it's dealing with confrontation, tough conversations that have to be had, etc., etc., etc. We often avoid, we often don't deal with things with the same way that our children avoid the tough, oh, I'm not going to school today. Why are you not going to school today? I'm not telling you. Why are not going to school today, DJ? No, no. Then you find out there was an exam that day. There was a test. I just weren't feeling well. And we do the same things. We avoid having tough conversations with the people close to us, etc. And nine out of ten times, it's because our heart is literally unexercised. It's not trained. It hasn't matured. Our brain, our perspectives on life are as petty as a four-year-old. We all grow up in our age, but growing up as people, it's not necessary. You can be 60 and be as immature as a four-year-old. There's some four-year-olds that are more mature than 60-year-olds. And it's interesting. We, we don't see so much of a focus in societies and groups of people on this idea of not only becoming more pious and more incredible, but actually just better people. You know, often people will talk about in religion and sit there saying, it's not only about the religion, it's also about being nice. And I agree 100%. But the truth is they're not mutually exclusive. Part of religion is being nice. One of the most incredible things to discover is how much, how much of Jewish law is about human interaction. For example, do you know that it's, according to the Bible, according to the five books of Moses, you are not allowed to hold a grudge. You're not allowed to hold a grudge. Now, many of you thought that I would finish the sentence since they're saying, according to the Bible, you're not allowed to turn on the light on Shabbos. You're not allowed to eat non-kosher, whatever it is. According to the Bible, you're not allowed to hold a grudge. Loisitar. 
is one of the prohibitions. You're not allowed to hate another human being. You have to love other people. Etc., 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 etc. A big part of Torah is human interaction. You have to give charity. You have to take care of other people. You have to treat your wife or husband with dignity. There's actually laws in Maimonides. How are you supposed to deal with your spouse? You have to respect her more than you respect yourself. You have to buy gifts. Do you know it's actually a law? You have to buy your wife gifts at certain times of the year. There's laws on how to interact with your kids. Basic decency. This whole idea that Judaism, or for that matter, religion, godliness, monotheism, the whole idea that it's only about how to pray and how to learn and what to say and which words to murmur at what times of the day is nonsense. It is one element of it. But God's way of life is not just a way of praying, it's a way of living, of interacting. So you can sit there growing in your religiosity from day to day and you can become ultra, ultra in our vernacular, from. From means you're, you're ultra, you just you do it all. You open up the book of laws and you follow every law to the letter. However, are you holding a grudge? Do you treat your wife with dignity? Do you forgive people? Are you kind? Are you genuinely kind? Do you live for another person? Would you take the shirt off your back for another person? That is as much as a part of religion, if not more part of religion, than just saying the right things or learning the right things at different times of the day. We often forget. Torah, the God's commandments were given to make the world a more peaceful place. If your religion gets in the way of peace, you are corrupting religion. If your religion gets in the way and you become judgmental of others, you're corrupting religion. Forget about people like ISIS, etc., who totally destroy religion. But each and every one of us is individuals. If we forget that our heart has to be exercised, we have to be kinder people. If we forget that God doesn't only want us to, want us to have tefillin on our arm and kosher food in our body. He wants us to have Jewish heart. He wants us to have a loving heart. To remove the heart of stone, says the prophet. And to have, once again, a heart of flesh, a heart of love, a heart of compassion, a heart of forgiveness, of kindness. We talk about a better humanity as if it's a separate thing out of religion. Religion is one thing, and then, by the way, we all have to treat each other nice. That is religion. Everything in Judaism is about making us better people. If you can treat your spouse terribly after spending two hours in synagogue, you wasted your time. Oh, I'm sure you're going to get a little, you know, a few little uh, extra couches in heaven for doing the two hours in synagogue, but you totally defeated the purpose. If you can gossip, if you could be condescending to your employee, ten minutes out of walking out of a religious ritual, you missed the point. You lost the plot. 
We are here to become better people. Religion is here to help us become better people. The way we interact with one another. It is not separate of religion. That's the point of religion. Famous story of the convert who comes to Hillel and says, teach me the whole of Judaism, the whole of Torah while I stand on one foot. And what did he say? Don't treat others the way you don't want to be treated. What you hate, don't do to others. The rest is commentary. The rest is commentary. If you get the basic idea that you have to treat another person well, the rest is commentary. But if we can become more and more and more and more religious, while forgetting that at the core, we must be better people, we're losing the plot. This song, Ashreno, I want to dedicate to many of my colleagues who will be going to the International uh, Shluchim Conference, something I want to explore after the song, in connection to what we're talking about now. This song, Ashrenu Medley, here on 101.9 Chai FM. You're listening to the Farbrengen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, let's get right into it. Here Rabbi Levi Avzan, Associate Rabbi Linksfield Shul. DJ, let's get into it. Let's get into the vibe, okay? Get in, get in. If you're not in the energy, I'm not going to have the energy. You have to be in the energy. <sighs> We're speaking about how often we can exercise our bodies and not our hearts and not our minds. That means we can be a mature body a body of an adult with the psyche of a child. We can hate like a child. And I love my children. But children are immature. They're created immature. And the idea is slowly but surely they mature. Right? So often we talk about, oh, children are so lovely and they're amazing and they're incredible. It's true. But you don't want a child to stay a child for the rest of their life. You want to become an adult. And what's the definition of an adult? You grow up. You deal with things. You confront things. You forgive. You, you, you manage to be bigger than yourself. And that is fundamental to religion. It's fundamental to being a human being. But what's crazy is how little of our educational system focuses on this. So we're teaching you that 2 plus 2 is 4. Okay? We're teaching you that Shakespeare, when he said this, what he really meant was this. And now you really know what Hamlet was all about, right? Now you, you get it. And you learn algebra, and you learn a bit of history, and you know exactly why the armada that went to England failed. It was because it was very last minute, and, pa, 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 and they had the wrong captain, and the storm in the English Sea managed to save them, and therefore the Spanish didn't manage to take over the English, etc., etc. So now you know it. But what don't you know how to forgive? You don't know how to love. You don't learn that in algebra. You don't learn that in Shakespeare. I mean, Shakespeare might talk about love, but what does he know about love? And forgiveness and kindness and generosity. Where do you learn about love? You learn about love when you go to an organization and you do volunteer work. When you sit with an older person and you help them. When you live for other people people. That is the way you learn about love. You don't learn about love in a classroom. You learn about love at home, with a family, when you with your siblings, and you fight with them, and then you learn to stop fighting. 
my toy, my toy, my toy, until you finally learn, no, it's not your toy. We share. Sharing is caring, etc., etc. That's why we start our lives and families. Because that's the organic place where we grow and we learn to love. And I'm the oldest of 12. Yeah. From the same parents. <laughs> um... I'm the oldest of 12. My younger siblings are twins that are 20 years younger than me. And often you're asked, uh, how many people do you know have 12, 11 siblings? It's not, that, it's not the most common thing. Rabbi, how does that work? You know what works? You learn how to l- lose a little bit of your ego when you have that many siblings. You never got your own private room. Supper time yeah, is a lot of people and a lot of dynamics and a lot of requests and etc. And you learn that the world doesn't worship you. I'm a big believer in big families, I'll be honest. It's a conversation for a different time. Obviously, for those who can't have big families, I'm not judging. But for those who can have big families, I'm a big believer in it. Why? Because that's where your kids learn about real life. At home. Learning that the world doesn't surround them. Learning that the world is not only about you and all the extramurals that you need and everything that you think you need for your life because that maybe will mature your body but it won't mature your heart. You won't know how to create space for other people. You, won't, you will struggle to love. You will struggle to create space for your spouse. You'll struggle to share the house with your own kids because your whole life you grew up that the, the house is yours. From the youngest age, we have to ingrain ourselves and others that part of being a human being and part of being religious, part of being Jewish, is sharing space with others. Living for others. That's why it's so important to bring guests to your house. A few weeks ago in the Torah portion, it spoke about that Abraham was the ultimate host. He had a tent with four different entrances and he would invite people into his house. Why? Why, why couldn't he just give charity? Why don't you go to a you know, township and you go and you give some money and then you go back to your own mountain? No, that's, a, that's wonderful. But bring people into your own house. Because you have to learn to... It's, the world's not only about you. Yes, people can invade your space at times. I'm not saying every single day you need to have another guest. But it's important to bring guests into your house. Because when you just give charity outside your house, you're not actually allowing them and your children to be able to learn that sometimes they have to move out of their bed for somebody else. Sometimes they have to share a bedroom. Oh, I grew up sharing a bedroom with three siblings, okay? My sisters were five girls in a room. And the world did not end. I have an aunt who has 17 children. 17. Every single one of them is happily married. As far as I know. They're all married, and as far as I know, they're happy. Wonderful families, all 17 of them. If you, she had many of her kids while still living in the former Soviet Union in Russia. Then she moved to Israel in a four-bedroom apartment and raised 70 kids. Did they have all the luxuries that a typical kid over here has? Not a chance. But what did they learn? The most important lesson. They exercised their heart. They learned how to create space for others. They learned that, that the table can only fit a few, amount of, a few people, so we have to move quickly so that other people can eat. And she still had guests. And now her 17 kids are all over the world. She has a son in Alaska. Alaska? By choice. He's the only rabbi, him and his son are the only rabbis in Alaska and their wives, the Robertsons. 
She has two children in China as rabbis. Shanghai. Texas. The border of Mexico. Ukraine. France. All over Israel. United States. California. Michigan. All they're doing is spreading the me- God's message and treating people with kindness. Being Abrahams wherever they go. And to this week is an international conference of emissaries all across the world. The largest Jewish movement and the most impactful Jewish movement in the world today by far is the Chabad movement in the fact of how it's reaching out to all Jews from all denominations. We have representatives in 85 countries, every single state of the United States, etc. And her children are some of them. And this week, they, they all come, the men come together. In a few months' time in February, it's when the women come together. And they're celebrating this idea, the idea that Judaism and religion and, and humanity is about going out and helping another person. My aunt has a granddaughter who's the f- Rebetzin. That means she's the female leader of Jewish South Dakota. Did you know there are any Jews in South Dakota? Did you know there's any people? You thought there's only cows, right? South Dakota. That was the last of the 50 states to get a Chabad representative just two, three years ago. So this woman raised 17 kids. Did they grow up with luxuries? I don't know. Those three bathrooms for 17 kids, maybe two bathrooms. They grew up in an apartment in Nebrak in the middle of Israel, far from luxury. But what the kids learned is the most important lesson. Love another human being. Create space for another human being. The world does not surround you. But rather, you can surround the world with love. It's not about what the world can give you. It's about what you can give the world. These are simple lessons. These are, honestly, it's, it's so simple, I can't even believe we're sharing it. But it, in our world, it's not so simple. So many of us raised our, are raising ourselves and raising our kids to be self-centered. What do you want to be when you're older? I think that question is a terrible question. The question should be, what difference do you want to make in the world when you're older? And even a better question is, what difference do you want to make in the world now? What do you want to be when you're older? I don't know. I want to be a lot of things. The question is, is is that what the world needs? What do you want to contribute to the world? Obviously, you have to use your talents. So if you're naturally, you know, you're a very intuitive person, you can become a psychologist. But the goal is not about what you want to be. It's the difference you want to make in others. I want to teach others. I want to influence others. Whatever it is you want to do. But it's about the difference you can make. Not about, ooh, how many diplomas I have behind my wall. I want to be an engineer. Great. Why do you want to be an engineer? What difference will your engineering make? If you find the difference, then great. But instead of only asking what you want to be, it's what difference you want to make. What impact are you making on this world? Because we are not here for ourselves. We are here for others. We are here to be God's representatives in this world, to make this world a better place. And God gave us, he bestowed each and every one of us with specific talents and gifts. And obviously we have to use those talents and gifts, but for his sake, for the sake of God and for the sake of God's humanity for all the people in this world, that's what we're here we have to exercise our hearts that our hearts aren't just self-centered. How I feel, but how do you make others feel? I'm feeling sad. Great! But you have other people that can't afford you to be sad. 
one of the gifts of you know having a family, getting married and having children is at some stage you you, you can't afford to, to to feel mopey, right? When you're in school, my nose is scratchy. I'm not going to school today, mommy. Eventually, hey honey, you got to make a living. So I don't care if your nose is scratching. You know, obviously, if you're really sick, you stay home. But on the most part, the same thing that would keep you home at school in grade one is getting you're going to work and you're not even thinking about it. Why? Because you got to live for others. You can't come home at the end of the day without making a living. You have to help your family. And also, you want to make a difference in this world. We live in a world that the only way we can f- fully actualize ourselves is when we stop thinking about ourselves. The more you think about yourself and what you want, the more you lose out on what you have to do. And the more you think about others and the difference you can make, the truth is you'll, you'll eventually get everything you need as well. But focus on the other. And that's the beauty of this movement. Ingrains into the children from the youngest age, boys and girls, you are here to make a difference in other people's lives. If it's in India, if it's in Nepal, if it's in Mauritius, wherever it is, go find people who you can make their life better and do it. I have a friend, he's in Florence, Italy. What's he doing? He's trying to reach out to some students over there and trying to bring them closer and trying to share them love. Today I saw this Facebook post. He's inviting them for dinner. 8 to 10 at p.m. If you're a Jewish student and you're listening to me right now and you happen to be the Florence, Italy, you can contact the local uh, rabbi. Well, come on, really? Offering supper to kids in Italy? Is that really what we're here to do with our lives? Yes! Yes! We're here to offer supper for people in Italy. And we're here to offer supper and people in South Africa. And we're here to make a difference. We're here to volunteer at the Chevet Yadaran and bring a meal to another person. As long as we're thinking about others, then we are justifying our existence. But when we think about ourselves, we're totally losing the plot. It's not about what you want to become, but what difference you'll make. Famous story we've shared many times. A person one time came to the author of the Tanya, Rabbi Shneir Zaman of Liadi. And he says, Rabbi, oh, gosh... I was wealthy and I committed to so many different charities and I committed to take care of my family and my in-laws and this, that, and I lost all my money. I need money because without money, I won't be able to do this and this and this and I need this and I need this and, I, and Rebbe, please help me. I need, I need, I need, I need. And Rabbi Schneer Zaman looks at him and says, you spoke so well about what you need, but I didn't hear one word about what are you needed for. You spoke so well about what you need, but what about what you're needed for? And because this individual was a real individual, he fainted on the spot because he understood the profundity of the statement. And then he woke up and he's like, you better, you know what, you're right, Rabbi. I have to start thinking about what I'm needed for. Eventually he got whatever he needed. But the point is, we can't walk around the world saying, what do I need? I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. What are you needed for? You think God put you into the world to just announce what you need? I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to myself more than anybody else. Is that why I'm here, lady, just to say, I, I need a bigger house, and I need a nicer car, and I need my wife to treat me nicely, and I need my kids to behave, and I need everybody to treat me like I'm God's gift to humanity, and I need a golden watch, and I need... Yeah, but what do you need it for? What did God put you here? Did he really put you for you to declare your needs at infinitum? Or did he put us into this world to make a difference? We are needed in this world by God Almighty to make a difference. 
And only when we live the life of the needed, not the life of the needy, are we actually living a true meaningful life. This is 101.9 Chai FM. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. And now I am needed for to read this advertisement. <laughs> That's what I'm needed, right? I don't need to do it. I'm needed. Okay. Pick and Pay Hyper Norwood has the following specials valid till the 19th of November 2017. Hullets, 2.5 kilogram, white sugar, 30 rand 90 each save 9 rand speckled long grain parboiled rice 19 rand each save 7 rand pick and pay 2 liter fresh milk assorted 21.99 each Ariel Oto washing powder assorted 2 kilogram liquid detergent 1.5 liter or capsules 15 is 45 each save 19 rand buy all 5 all gold 700 ml tomato sauce for only 100 rand visit our store for more deals Buy all three for 65 rand and save 10 rand. Pick and pay two kilogram onions, two kilogram washed potatoes, one kilogram English tomatoes. Visit Pick and Pay Hyper Norwood for much more in-store specials. DJ, did I do a good job? I could read? Okay, great. At least I could read. It's one thing, my, one thing I accomplished in life. Um, live the life of the needed. The person who wakes up every single day and says, what am I needed for is the most incredible existence. What a meaningful way to wake up. You turn and you say, Dear God, I thank you. An eternal God. That you return to me, my soul, with tremendous compassion and love. How great is your faith in me, dear God? How great is your faith that I can make a difference? DJ, do you think you woke up today, this Tuesday morning, to make a difference in God's world? Not, not only do you think that, are you convinced that? Does that permeate every single moment of every single day that the reason that God gave us another day of life is because we are needed in this world to make this world a better place? Deal. Oh, wow. Sheesh. You should be giving the show. I have to still convince myself that. Sometimes I forget it. I just wake up in the morning because by default, that's what we do. We go to sleep at night. We wake up in the morning and suddenly you catch yourself at 7 o'clock at night and you ask yourself, what difference did I make to the world today? Positive difference. Okay, so I fought with this person and I said something nasty and I gossiped about this. But what positive difference did I make to the world? Did the world gain anything by me waking up today? Did somebody's heart fill up with love because I woke up today? Did somebody's mind achieve new wisdom because I woke up today? Did somebody's pocket a little fuller because I woke up today? Is there more love going around this world because I'm here or I'm actually am I a parasite of love and I actually take love out of the room? You know some individuals they're like suctions. They walk into a room and suddenly everybody becomes uptight. You know that you know that you know, everyone's sitting around, and suddenly your auntie walks in or your uncle, and they're very difficult, and suddenly the energy is sucked out of the room. They're like absolute suction. Are we those individuals that walk into a room and everybody's like, "Oh, it was nice until now," or do we bring love into the room? We walk into the room and everybody's smiling, not at us but with us. So DJ, you're lucky. You have a job. You make people dance and act crazy and act wild, but at least they're enjoying life. That's what we're here to do. We're here to make people's lives better. 
doesn't make a difference who. doesn't make a difference for how long. But every single day, we have to ask ourselves at the end of the day, how many people's lives are better because I woke up this morning? How many, be- how many of my close family members are in a better space today because I woke up today? Did I treat my children with love? Did I treat my spouse with love? Did I treat my parents with love? Did I treat my cousins, my siblings, who, the people around me, my neighbors with love? Are they enriched by me? Or are they depleted by me? And some of us can be enriching and depleting in two different days, right? Some of us can be in a good mood and suddenly we walk in and the energy is just electrifying. And other days we walk in and we give people the eyes. And everyone's like, ooh. It's crazy how people's energies are so strong. Do you agree with me, DJ? These people can walk in and just by their eyes or their flat lips, they could just sap the energy of the room. And everyone's like, oh, never mind. Uh, one second. Uh, do you have a pen? Do you have a f-? Suddenly everyone's taking out their phone and just checking, okay, what's the WhatsApp I didn't, I, I didn't look at? Oh, fascinating. Oh, wow. Incredible. Get me out of here. But some of us can be that person. We walk in and suddenly all the people around us are dreading our existence because we're in a rotten, grouchy mood. And that's what we spoke about. We have to grow up and make sure that we are energies, positive energy. Before you walk into the house at the end of the day, make sure that your headspace is okay. Even if you had the most difficult day, drive home, buy yourself a Coke. I don't care what it takes. I'm not going to recommend alcohol, but whatever it takes. Put yourself into a headspace that when you walk into the door, the family that greets you is energized by you, not depleted by you. If it means going to gym on the way home, if it means, I don't know, calling up a close friend and getting some encouragement. I have a crazy thing. Once in a while, when I'm in a bad mood, I go and buy licorice. (laughs) And, oh gosh, that Australian licorice is so good. By the time I get home, I'm feeling like a million dollars and five kilos overweight. Um, Whatever it takes, get into the space. Get into the zone. We have, we must, we have to be in a headspace of love. We have to be the generators. You know, today with cell phones, what's the, what, what are those called when you plug in your generator to, you plug in your phone to a charger? But those uh, mobile chargers, what, what are they called? Mobile chargers or there's a better sophisticated word? Huh? Mobile chargers. We have to be mobile chargers. We have to walk around, and wherever we walk around, people can tap onto us and be energized. They just look at our smile like, yes! Good to be alive, brother! Instead of, oh my gosh, did you hear what the new book about Zuma says? The country's going to the dogs. And you heard what Donald Trump said? America's going to the whole world's going to the dogs. You might as well move to Mars. Yeah, by the way, when you move to Mars, who do you think they're going to elect as president of Mars? Do you think he's going to be God's gift to humanity? There'll also be issues. I promise you, once we colonize Mars, we're going to bring all our human issues up there as well. If we think we could ever escape human problems, eh, 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 eh. You could build a colony underwater. You're still going to be human, right? We have to embrace our humanity. We have to become people of love and of kindness and forgiveness. And that's the way we make the world around us a better place. We have an anonymous comment saying, amazing, relevant show, as always. Thank you, whoever that is. I appreciate it. And this is 101.9 Chai FM. The Dummies Guide to Streaming Chai FM on the Internet. Step 1. 
visit www.highfm.com. Step 2. Click Listen Live. Step 3. Select the player you installed on your PC. Step 4. Enjoy High FM all day long. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. This is Rabbi Levi Avzan, and we are wrapping up another show here on High FM. DJ says, I didn't tell him anything new today. He knew everything I already told him. So you know what? That's not a bad thing to repeat once in a while. It's not a bad thing, right? And we have to remind ourselves the basic things are like, like everyone knows that they have to treat their spouse with respect doesn't mean that everybody does it and everybody knows that the world needs more love but somehow a lot of us are not exactly adding more love into this world we have to bring ourselves as a see ourselves as agents of love that's why i want to salute all those incredible people who are going to be gathering in new york this weekend um from all corners of the world who are agents of love who see themselves across the world, them and their wives and their children, they see themselves as people who are here to spread love to all of humanity, to all people, to offer a meal, to offer a, a hug, to offer an, an idea, to offer Judaism, to offer meaning, to offer purpose to the people around them who see themselves as agents of something much bigger than themselves. And each and every one of us, wherever we are, we have to see ourselves that way. Even if you're the CEO of a massive business, it's not only about how much money you walk out in the end of the month. It's how you make your employees feel. It's the culture you create in your business. It's the energy you put on around you. Do all your subordinates walk into the room timid and shaking? Sir? Ma'am? Uh, I'm sorry. No! You want them to be energized by you. I can never stand those kind of people who throw their weight around as if they're, you know, straight, you know, the Lord's child. They come down, everybody must treat them as if, woo, hey, relax, whoa, you're as human as us. Yes, you have a, a promotion and you're prestigious and you have a great job. Keep yourself humble. Keep yourself loving. Love doesn't have to get in the way of respect. Love doesn't have to get in the way of any, nothing should get in the way of love making people's heart better. True great people are not the people that you walk out and you're terrified by them. True great people are the people that you walk out and you're empowered by them. That you spend a half an hour with that person and you think that you can take over the world. That's greatness. Not you spend a half an hour and you're like, that person is going to take over the world. Because then it's about them. True greatness is you walk out of the great person and you think that you could turn the world upside down. You can make the world a better place. We have to live for others. We have to be able to come every night and tell Hashem, our dear God, I made your world more loving today. There are people who are enriched by my reality. In the past 16 hours, I made somebody's life better that's a good day. And a bad day is a day that unfortunately we made a person's day worse. And let's strive to have as many good days as possible. As many days that we can put our head on the pillow comfortably at night knowing that God's world's a better place because we were in it. Now I want to finish off the show with a beautiful song. A song I sing to my children almost every night. Hamalach HaGoel May the angel... Watch over all, our, all of us and all our children. It's a beautiful 
tune by Shlomi Dex. Hamalachangoyel here on 101.9 Chai FM. <laughs> 